0: so good we are raising up good kids that are going to be world changers and i tell you a good foundation in god's word is so needed especially in a world that is challenging uh the word. so we want our kids to be well equipped to understand why they believe what they believe i don't want to just our kids to say i'm a christian because i'm a christian let them know uh why uh why they are christians amen so I want us to go to the word uh, this morning. I want us to go to the word this morning. And I want to, if you're new, again, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope that you can feel at home. That's our goal, you know, and I hope that you can come again. Um, but today I want to talk to you about the subject of having a propelling prayer life. Say that with you, a propelling prayer life. And we've been talking the last few weeks, uh, looking at the book of Judges between 13 and 16, which covers the story of Samson, the strongest guy to ever live in terms of physical strength. Who, who uh, uh, you know, the imagination can go really far for a little boy in Sunday school learning about Samson, you know. How cool is that, you know. And then so we're going we're gonna to go back to his story. And I want to read a couple passages. So if you could go to chapter 15, I'm going to read two verses. And then we'll go to chapter 16 and read about three verses there. Uh, Samson uh, verse, uh verse 18 of chapter fifteen. I have some on the on the screen there, so if you don't have a Bible, you can look, you can read along uh and follow along. So Samson was now very thirsty, and he cried out to the Lord, You have accomplished this great victory by the strength of your servant. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the pagans? So God caused water to gush out of the hollow in the ground at Lehi, and Samson was revived as he drank. Then he named the place the Spring of the One Who Cried Out, and it is still, uh, it is still in Lehi to this day. Of course, the day that this letter, this book was being written, that uh, um, okay. So now flip over to the next chapter, chapter 16, and I'm gonna read verse 28. Uh, Right there. It says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, Let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had done during his entire life. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive. We thank you that you sent your word to heal us. You sent your word to, to, to strengthen us, oh God. And we pray today that you will cause your word not to return to you void but to accomplish in our lives the purpose for which you sent it. We honor you and believe your word today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Two times in the story of Samson, which is covered in only three chapters of the Bible, we get two prayers that are recorded in the book. And I read both prayers. What's amazing to me is that both prayers were kind of not ordinary prayers. He was asking the Lord for things that were impossible. Uh, one, you know, just to kind of give the background of the story on the first one, Samson had just had this uh, amazing um, uh, fight. He took on a lot of people, and when he was done, he was super thirsty. And he's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I just killed all these people. I just took out a really good victory. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And he cries out to the Lord, the Bible says, and he says, God, I need you to do something for me. I already did these wonderful things and I've taken down my enemies and now I'm going to die of thirst? And he cries out to the Lord and the Bible says that the Lord responded to Samson. He says that God caused water to gush out of a hollow. There was no water before, but God caused it to gush out and Samson drank out of that well and the Bible says that he was revived as he drank and, and and even had a name for that place. The second scenario, Samson at this point had uh, kind of messed up a little bit. He'd gotten himself in trouble. Because he didn't keep God's covenant, number one. And, uh, and he ended up giving out his secret. Which was kind of bad. And I, and, and there's a whole message on that, and I, I won't dwell on it. We remember the story of Samson and Delilah. And finally, the Philistines had gotten him. They had known his weak points, and at this point they had beaten, he was beat up. They gorged his eyes out. He was suffering. And they were about to, they didn't just want to kill him. They wanted to make a public spectacle of his uh, of his defeat. So they brought him into this temple uh, of their of their idol temple, of their idol gods. And they got all the dignitaries, all the people that mattered, And they wanted to put him on a public display and, and kill him in a way that it would radically him, it would belittle him. And they wanted to make a display of it. Samson cannot see, but he can sense what's going on. And then he prays to the Lord and he says, God, you really need, and he says, God, help me one more time. Please anoint me one more time. Fill me with your spirit one more time. Restore me one more time because I want to get back to them for what they've done to me. I want them to with one blow, Lord, I want, I want, I want to 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 pay them back for what they've done to my eyes. And and as he prays, something remarkable happens is that his prayers get answered. And part of his prayer, which I think was a strategic mistake, when he says, our last prayer says, God, I want to die with the Philistines. Can you imagine if you would have prayed differently at that point? God, I know that I'd messed up. I know I don't deserve it. I know that uh, it is. I'm in this problem because of my own fault. Would you please have mercy on me as you restore myself? Would you give me another opportunity so that I can restore? Is could you imagine what God, what could have happened? Maybe the story would have not ended. See how we pray will affect the kind of life that we live. If we're used to praying, because both prayers were really incredible stuff. I don't know if you are, in your life right now, are faced with any things that seem impossible. When you look about it, you you can take the book, you can plan it out, you can read all, you can do all the research you can. But there is no way out of the situation that you find yourself in. And oftentimes, in those situations, we want to just get a break. We want, God, I just want to get a break for a little bit. And God is saying, no, I dare you to ask bigger because if you ask if you pray if your kind of prayer is just ordinary get by kind of prayer chances are you would live a just an ordinary get by kind of life i don't believe that that's what god created us for i don't think god created us for just get by ordinary kind of life all of us in here are, are extraordinary people God did not make duplicates of anything. He didn't build one person and he put him on a assembly line and created a prototype that would duplicate this process. He, he has the power to do that. But he chose to create us in his image and he put a DNA that's unique to everyone. And there are many features that are even physically that uniquely identify us. Because God says that every one of us are not ordinary. We are extraordinary. And he has an extraordinary destiny for you and for me. And how prayers can play a big role into propelling us into our destiny or not. God says, ask And you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. God is daring us to ask for big things. The kind of things that you say, oh my goodness, that would have never happened if it wasn't for God. Exactly. That's exactly what God wants to do. Because if we could do it, then it's not God. God's challenging you and I to expand the scope of our prayer. Praying in such a way that says, you know, God, I just don't wanna, even when we pray for ourselves, He's like, God, I want you to take me father. Than my family has ever gone. I want you to do more through me. Um, uh, to begin a new chain. A new family. I don't know what your background is. What your family uh, background is. Or, uh, and what has been dealt into your life. Our God is bigger. He is a God. He's about changing the family tree. That a hundred years down the road. Let my great grandchildren say. That that man. He is the one. That was a catalyst of changing. Because he dared to believe God. For great things. He was dealt about. Bad Bad cards. Uh, Maybe he was he suffered, maybe he did not have an ideal life, but he dared or she dared to believe God. And that was the beginning of the change of our family. And our destiny was, how many people believe for that? And there are people that have done that throughout history. There are people that are doing it right now. In spite of what goes on around your life, in spite of what blow has been dealt to you, God is more than able to change. God is more than able to propel you into a destiny. And your prayer will do a big job in making that become a reality and not just an imagination. Prayer is not daydreaming. Prayer is not just a defensive Mechanism that God has given us. And when we get a huge blow, then we can respond to God. Prayer is an offensive weapon that can propel us into our destiny. We can pray to the Lord in faith. We can prophesy into our destiny. We can pray larger and bigger. Pray, it's nothing wrong about asking for small things for God. I pray all the time over little things, every time. But, 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 but I keep my prayer life around where God's like, I want to go bigger because I know you're, you're greater. I know that I have limitations. But if I'm in you, you have no limitations there are some things that are impossible for me to do but with God all things are possible prayer your prayer life will be able to enlarge you, that God expand your energy, when you ask for great things, you will see the fullness of God's power in your life and Samson dared to ask God even in a time when he was so disadvantaged he dared to ask God for something great He dared to ask God. And isn't it funny or interesting? I think it's really remarkable that all these years, for 20 years, he judged Israel and he dealt with the Philistines time and time again. He had all sorts of fights with them. He tried all these things and and he did some remarkable stuff in his life. But he says that the day of his death, he killed more people in his death than he did in his 20 years that he dealt with the Philistines back and forth. That's remarkable. Only God can do that. I just think that he could have had A better um, (laughs) result had he just changed something at the end of that prayer. What are you praying today that you need to change? What, What are you praying for? What are you believing God for? Is it very little just to get by today? How are you praying for your children? God help them to not get in trouble because a lot of kids are getting in trouble these days. Are we praying that God let them be world changers? Let them fulfill their destiny. Let them be righteous in an unrighteous land. Let them be people that would do great things for God. Let them be movers uh, 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 and, and influencers of their society, not the ones that are being influenced. Are we praying that way? That to me is a large prayer. Your kids might get out, stay out of trouble. And might just still live an ordinary life. But I'm believing that God has greater things for all of our children. If we start praying great Extraordinary prayers, we can see God provide great, extraordinary results. I want to give you just a couple of thoughts here as I, as I begin to close down. Thank you very much. Uh, you should, yeah, that, that I see that maybe I want to point out in this. So one thing I want to point out. Number one, uh, before I actually go to the points, let me hold up a little bit. I could talk about having this large prayer prayer. Uh, um, uh, this faith for large prayers, or praying for great things and all that. And sometimes that can be like music in someone's ears. Because how, how do you get that boldness to be able to pray that way? Because you can say, amen, pray that way. But when the reality is different, sometimes it's a, a little harder to believe. I believe that God wants, we, the, the people that pray that way, have a consistent life. It's not just a one-time ordinary, a one-time experience that they have with God. Is that they develop this pattern in their lives that they grow in their prayer life to the point where they understand when they're in the presence of the king, they can ask anything. I think that's where we have to change how we live and allow God to grow our capacity for prayer. I think the disciples had the same problem. The disciples of Jesus, they walked around with Jesus. They saw Jesus do incredible stuff. And you read the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can read all the account of Jesus' ministry, and you see that Jesus was a man of prayer. He prayed all the time. He prayed in secret. He would uh, withdraw from from the crowd and go to a place where he would spend time with God. If Jesus prayed, boy, I need prayer even 10 times more than Jesus did because he was the perfect son of God, and I am the imperfect son of God. And they saw Jesus pray. And somehow, they were impressed with his prayer life. Even though he didn't pray to show them anything, they were around enough to be influenced by how he prayed. One of the examples that's so uh, fascinating to me is when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he takes his three, his big three, Peter, James, and John, and he exposes them to the presence of God. And when he was praying there, He's going out and he's like, hey, come on guys, well, let's go pray. And he takes his three guys, trust the guys. They go out to pray. And Jesus is praying a storm. He is moving mountains in the spiritual realm. He's doing... And he comes back and his disciples are sleeping. And you can tell that Jesus is kind of agitated with them and he's annoyed with them. He's like, come on people. Can't you pray for just an hour? Can you keep watch with me for an hour? Why are you slagging in your prayer? And so then he goes back and he keeps praying. He comes back and the guys are sleeping again. They're kind of like, how many have you ever decided, man, I'm going to be praying every day. You know, the first thing I do. And you wake up at night, the side of your bed, and you're like, hey. The next thing you know, you're like, the peace of God that surpasses all knowledge. You're surprised. And the disciples were kind of like that, you know. And he comes back and he goes, come on. You can, and he would pray all night. And, and you think, how in the world does a person pray all night? And he's think I can pray for 15 minutes. Because God can enlarge. There is a capacity inside of us where God can enlarge our, 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 our spirit of prayer. And the only way it gets developed is really by repetition and getting yourself. Accustomed to praying. You could take book. You could take classes. You could listen to inspiring messages. You could get all the... I have a book in my office that's about this big. It's about all the prayers of the Bible and all that and the theology of prayer. And it's absolutely fascinating. The guy that wrote it is brilliant. But you know, you can read a book like that and still not have a dynamic prayer life. Because you get a dynamic prayer life as you begin to enter into his presence more and more and more and more. And as you pray with others that do pray and pray alone and continue to stretch your capacity, you will be amazed at how much the Lord can do in you and through you. I know I pointed out to young people last week because I would say one of the time, one of the things in my life, when I look at my life, the single one thing that has done more to propel me in towards my destiny, and still does, is the item of prayer. I started praying, I'd say probably, and I, and I you do this all the time. Around 17 years old, there was a really turning in, in a hunger for God and discovering new things about God. And some young people think that maybe They're too young to actually have a dynamic relationship with God. I I would say that that's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the culture that wants kids that to to continue to be kids until they're 30 and 40. They're still kids. Oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about. You walk with some of them and they're 60 years old and they're still kids. But God can use young people. And God has capacity. Can You can enlarge your capacity in praying. And I remember how I started growing in prayer. One of my friends, Deacon, my brother, Sam, he he would be able to relate every every story. We got saved as young people, and and we were praying for all of our friends. All our friends in the neighborhood. And we started out a list. We wrote down every kid we knew in the neighborhood and what sorts of things that they were involved in. And we know all sorts of things that we're involved in, all the troublemakers and all. We listed all their names. Every afternoon will come either my my house, my room, or his house, his room. And boy, we will pray for those guys. And uh, <laughs> including him too. <laughs> and we'll pray for all the kids. And we'll just start believing God. That we want to see these kids saved. We want to see them saved. We want them, we want them to stop getting in trouble. We want them to stop getting drinking or smoking or experimenting on all these things and partying and all that. We started praying for them to get the pride wall down. And you know, and we will go on and on and on and on and these meetings and, 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 and then some of them will come, they'll come to church with us. They'll get saved. We'll cross it off. We'll cross it off. It's like, yeah. And then that group started growing. And it's like there's no, there are no leaders, there are no, parents. There were no pastors involved. It was just young kids that believed when they got saved that the Holy Spirit was in them. And they believed just with simple faith what the Bible says about what just took place when I said, Jesus come into my life. And when we believe that, it changes. It says that even if you have small faith as a master seed, you can move a mountain. Faith that can move a mountain. And I tell you, Within a year, we had maybe 20 some kids saved. We had like, we were leading like three, four different small groups. And the parents are looking at all these kids. This whole community is changing. And it's changing because the kids are on fire for God. And our parents are looking at us and says, wow. And some of our parents started coming to Christ. Because of what they were seeing happening in the kids' lives. And prayer was a big, big part of it. I believe at first it probably was simpler prayers. As we list, but we, as, we, as you pray, God enlarges your capacity. Before we know it, we were praying for hours. You're thinking, how in the world are you praying for hours? And you're like, was that two hours? We weren't like counting. You just get realize that time just went so quickly and you enjoy being in the Lord's presence. And God can enlarge your capacity to pray. And when you're in that moment, when you are used to being in that place with the Lord, it makes it a lot easier to have those bold encounters with God and daring to ask for those things that will be laughable if you open your mouth. People say that's ridiculous. Exactly. That's the kind of prayer that God wants you to pray. That's the kind of prayer life that he wants to develop in you. He can bless you. More than your peers. You could be the best at what you do than anybody else. Not because uh, of anything. But because the Lord's with you. Because God's favor shines upon your life. Because his presence follows you. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. That's a promise. All the promises. Someone reminded us this week. It was Kwame at a meeting. That all the promises of God are yes. And amen. He says, how many promises are there in the Bible? They are yes. And you can begin to pray God's word over your life. How do I get there? Number one, here I come. You must want it enough. Say that with me. You must want it enough. So Samson here, in, uh, he prays. He saw now, Samson was. He says now, Samson was very thirsty. Verse eighteen of chapter fifteen. He was now very thirsty, and he cried out to the Lord tell you there's nothing like thirst if you really need you can survive a long time without food isn't it but water is really essential you know when you watch some of those survival things and uh i wasn't in the military i should have been uh, maybe i'd look still look better right now if i was but, but but you know water is essential now he's getting to this point and he's thinking wow I just did something so incredible that people 3,000 years later will be talking about what I just did. But I could literally drop dead because I don't have a drink. And I think the words that are used in the Bible, they are very telling because it's, it's a word that's used also has a spiritual meaning to it. In his prayer, he didn't just ask the Lord. The Bible says that he cried out. To the Lord. Samson was a man's man. If there ever was a man's man, this was a man's man. And many of us, as guys, are trained. Sometimes crying is a sign of weakness. I'm not going to show weakness. Supposed to be strong of all these things. Well, be strong all you can. That's great. But before the Lord, there is something that's deeper when there is a cry out. It's not just like, God, bless me now. We could all do that. Little kids can do that. But he he, he went deeper. He says, God, I I need business. I need business. And I tell you, our prayer life needs to be that hardy when we come to his throne. It needs to come out of a deeper place. When we want it bad enough, we seek for it in a different kind of way. When we want that bad enough, we will seek it in a different kind of way. Our intensity will increase. And as our intensity increases, I think we can, we can reach out for bigger. Because if, if it means a lot, then we will do whatever it takes to do it. If it has this much of value, that's how much effort we're going to put in it. He prayed, he cried out to the Lord. The Bible says that you shall seek me and you shall find me when you seek me with all your heart. Not a little bit, but with all your heart. And it says so God, verse 19, it goes on, it says that so God caused water to gush out out of the hollow in the ground at Lehi, and Samson was revived. As he drank it. When you want it bad enough, you will see revival in your life. You might be as dry as a bone. But when you want it bad enough and you get in his presence, the Bible says water will come out of places that you never thought water will come out of. Moses saw water come out of a rock. He saw water come out of a hollow. Moses saw Jesus, the Lord split the Red Sea. He would make a way where there seems to be no way when we seek him. The Bible says that he will create a way where there seems to be no way. You might have roadblocks in your life right now, and there is no end in sight. You cannot even begin to imagine how you will break out. But I tell you, that's because it's you. But God's not you. Thank God that he's not me. Because I have come time and time again in places I'm thinking, God, I've done everything that I know how to do, and I can't see anything, but thank God that I'm not God. But with Him, nothing is impossible. He created the universe. He created all. Have you ever just gone outside and looked at the stars and be amazed at His majesty, His creation? It's unbelievable. That God can pull you out of anything in your life. When we go deeper, it comes out of a deeper place of really needing to see Him and to understand Him and to to get it to the point where we are crying out to the Lord. When's the last time you cried out to the Lord? Oh, pastor, what if nothing happens when I pray like that? Why, it won't be foolish? Well, what if something does happen when you pray like that? The second thing about prayer is that as you get in his presence, you will be able to draw strength to overcome even the trials that you do face in your life. So, Samson in verse uh, chapter 16, he prays to the Lord again. He says, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh, please strengthen me just one more time. Strengthen me just one more time. This is where I think he could have changed it a little bit too. He said, God, remember me. Yes, forgive me, Lord. Because this is, this is a repentative prayer. But he only asks for one more time. Restore me, Lord. Give me a renew, renew my strength. And God did renew his strength. God did anoint Him. God did deliver him. But I think God wants to do more than just a moment experience. He wants to have that kind of thriving relationship and that thriving prayer life. Where we are praying the types of prayers that can propel us into changing destinies, the kind of prayers that not just affect us but affect others around us, the kind of prayers that are, propels the future generations into heights they never thought uh, are possible that 's what God wants to do. Psalm 91 says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of my God that he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust for in the day of trouble you shall hide me in your pavilion. That That, that, that is a depth prayer and it's an awesome uh, psalm. But I, I think it's telling that it says he who dwells, not he who visits There's a consistency there. Because all of us, as we walk the earth, not only are we living in an imperfect world, we also are walking, uh, we're living also in an imperfect vessel. So we will be tried from time to time, not because of who we are necessarily, but just because of the environment that we live in. And that this is not the perfect temple. That's why in the last day, we will be given. A new temple that's glorious you know, in Osampiris. So as we are walking through this life, expect trials. Expect That you will get resistance. You will get hurdles here and there. That should become at no surprise whatsoever. But even in that uh, limited vessel, the Bible says that the Lord can do great wonders through us. That's what the psalmist says, that I will wait on the Lord. I will wait patiently for the Lord. And I am confident in this, that even in my flesh I shall see God. I shall see God even walk in spite of the things uh, that are the limitations of my flesh. Uh, In some, in uh, Isaiah 40 verse 31, it says that those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They will be able to mount with wings as eagles. It says they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we begin to dwell in that place and we learn to wait upon the Lord, our strength is renewed. Because uh, why do you need renewed strength? Because your strength will faint. From time to time. And that's why we need the Lord to renew our strength. And to pick us up. Lord I got knocked down right now. I'm crawling on my knees. But I believe that you said that you will renew my strength. And so that's why I'm trusting you. Even when I cannot see the light. I know that you are for me. And not against me. And when my hope is in you God. You said you will never leave me. You will never forsake me God. And that's why I'm believing. I might be crawling. I might be walking. But God I'm waiting upon you. And your strength will be renewed says the Lord. And the last thing is, I want to say, is that you have need to step out in faith. You need to step out in faith. I like what Samson did. Think about it. Let me read this. So it says in, verse, uh, in chapter 16 and verse 29, it says that Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that he held up. Let me go back and read maybe before that. It says that Samson, verse 29 it says, then Samson, Oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh. whoa. Let me go back to 28, the end of that 28. It says, then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time with, uh, with, and with one blow I will pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes." Notice what happens. There is a transition that takes place. It does not say that the Lord answered him. It does not say that the Lord responded. It does not say that the Lord strengthened him. He says that the Samson put his hands to the center pillar. This was the most fascinating part that got me excited spiritually when I read that part. Because even in the pain that he was in, as beat up as he was, when he prayed to the Lord, he took a step of faith. He put his hands on the pillar as if God had already done what he had prayed for. See, God is not necessarily moved by our needs he is moved by our faith. God will meet us at the point of our faith. He not only prayed to the Lord, but He stretched out His hand as a step of faith, because that's what will move mountains. It's a prayer of faith that heals the sick. It's a prayer of faith that does all, uh, all, all the things. So, uh, as we believe God, as we look at His, examine His promises, as we are walking with the Lord, as we are dwelling in His, uh, in His uh, secret place, uh, then we can believe God for what God says God will do. You had people in the Bible that had that kind of faith. Moses was so upset with the children of Israel because they were just some of the most faithless people, most cynical people you'd have around. You know, we're talking about, let's go, let's go take the mountains. I say, oh boy, Moses, we had it better back in Egypt. At least we had steak back there. And he was so mad, and he knew that God was having it with them. And he God was just going, and, and he thought to a point, God, 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 please, you Lord, are the one who took us out of Egypt. If you leave us now, if you leave us now, they'll say, it, it's gonna, this one's going to be on you, God. It's not going to be on me. It's going to be on you. And he interceded and he pleaded with God for the children of Israel. And he says, God, if you don't go with us, we'd rather not take a fast step. We will stay here. We will wait until I know that your presence is with us. We can pray with that kind of faith. That kind of faith, that kind of prayer that, that that takes the Lord's word and say, God, you're the one who promised this. And I'm trusting. I'm standing on your word. Even when I don't see a light, I'm still going to stand on your word. Even when it all looks like it's ending, I'm still going to stand on your word because you see things that I don't see. You see way into the future. You see 250 years from now when I'm, I'm looking up tomorrow. Am I going to survive on Monday that crazy boss? Maybe you are the crazy boss. And God's vision is so much greater. He sees eternity. He sees our lives and sees through the scope of eternity. That's why he's sovereign. But he's a sovereign Lord. Because I don't ever understand, and I don't question God. If I don't understand it, then I think, I'm limited. Not God. He's sovereign Lord. And he will make all things clear when the time comes. But even in, those, in, in his, this darkness, he can't even see. They got his eyes. He's blind. And they're going to make a public spectacle of him and bring him to shame. And he says, God, you are crying out of the Lord. And he says, God, strengthen me in this time. But then he follows up with the faith. And that's when things begin to happen. Some of you, You need to step out in faith. Maybe you're in a cycle of debt and finances, just limited. And it gets go on and on from generation to generation. And you feel like there's such a limitation financially. Some of you need to start giving more. There clearly, I could go in from scripture, scripture, I'm not going to quote you. But there's a spiritual principle that sometimes you have to take. And do the opposite of what the, what the enemy would want you to do. You're feeling pissed like, I'm going to sow a seed where I want to go. Some of you need to change how you pray for your kids. Stop, stop confessing bad things over them. Stop complaining about them. Begin to speak destiny. Encouraging words when you get to prayer. Says, Lord, I see the fullness of it. You need to change your vibe, You need to change your language and begin to pray big things for them because there is destiny in their lives and contend for it and not allow the enemy to torment you. Even when it looks like he's winning, you know, no, 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 no. The promise is for my, for myself and those that are in my household to generation to generation. The Bible says that I will bless those Those who follow me from generation to generation. So my kids have destiny because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You got to take that step of faith and begin to act differently. Samson stretched out his hand not knowing whether his prayer was answered or not. But I believe he already believed his prayer was answered. That's why he stretched out. And it is the nature of our God to take the things that are not as though they are. We had a <laughs> we have a situation that we're believing God for. Um, you know, like, where well, my wife is 34 weeks today. Actually, I didn't even ask for permission today. But we're going to pray and believe God. You know, and so, and, uh, and her blood, blood pressure has been kind of high and kind of scary side for the, the doctors. And we had a few, she ended up in the hospital this week and, <laughs> I realized I'm not necessarily that good. I've always known that she's better than me. So, because I stayed home a couple of times trying to kind of, you know, you're finishing breakfast and um, by the time you clean up the kitchen, it's lunchtime. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then before you know it, it's dinner time and the kids still have to do, they only did like half the school they normally do, not even that. And you know, they say it takes a village. She is a village by herself. She is a village. And so we are believing God for 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 uh, for at least three more weeks of it being at good level, because God, who began a good work in us, is faithful to bring it completion. We've we've seen the hand of God, you know. So this is our eighth child, and uh, and I remember when we were going as when we were younger and uh, and newly married and all that, and uh, as as we are growing, sometimes you know you. I I remember one of the craziest ones we did is like we knew that one of us was gonna quit. Uh, actually not one of us, she was, going to stay home with Judah when he was coming to be born. And, and, and you know, at that time we made about the same amount of money, both of us. And so when she quit her job and she had to quit six months earlier than we had originally planned, and and some of it, you know, people think, oh my gosh, now you have added responsibility with half the money you used to have. You figure that out. But God, in his own sovereign way, provided everything we needed and continued to increase. We haven't seen any luck. Do we run through our times? Yes, we do. But God has provided every single time. We decided that we will not make finances be the issue that determines what kind of family we're going to have. I remember one of our grandmothers said, oh boy, the way the world is going so bad. Do you want to have so many kids to have them be raised up in this uh, ungodly? culture and it's just going downhill people are going against the lord why would you want to bring children to something like that it's like yeah that's exactly why we need to have godly children so that they can change the world (laughs) sometimes we when the devil hits one punch you need to do a double punch because our god is greater we just need to have that attitude you try me devil. try one more time see because my god is greater my God is greater. He will take even the things that were intended to destroy us. And God says even those things that he will turn it around and he will cause it to work for our good. I just had a testimony in closing this morning from a guy. I won't even mention his name because I didn't get the permission yet. But he just had a, a, a change of situation. where One day he thought he just lost his job to the next day he got his income doubled. Doubled. Literally. Then the very next day and said God is a good God. Let's stand up and pray and praise him. Thank you, Lord. How many receive something from God? How many are gonna change their prayer life this year to begin to live a lifestyle uh, and begin to pray those God-sized prayers? The prayers that can propel uh you into destiny, the prayers that can propel others, and God use you as a vessel to push others through your prayers into destiny. Let's pray right now. Father, we just